0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for his glory with me to the book of Genesis and chapter 15. Chapter 15, I'm conscious we were here in June. Esther was preaching out of this chapter. I'm coming back to it today just to look at the opening verses. I believe the Lord wants to speak out of this passage something, a message of perspective here today. Who knows that perspective can change everything? That when our perspective is right, everything we see right. And so often we can have limited perspective, but God helps us to renew our thinking and our sight. And I believe he wants to do something in our hearts here today, even through this message, through this word. Genesis 15 verse 1 says this, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Wow, what an incredible story. And before we finish today, we'll come back to the unique significance of of this final verse. Abraham believed God and he credited it to him as righteousness. But really today, I want to draw out the big picture of this narrative, which is actually that God wanted Abraham... To grasp that he wanted to use Abraham more profoundly than Abraham had dared to believe. If you want a title, it would be this Dare to Dream. Dare to dream, and really I'm speaking about the incalculable impact of obedience. You see, the, the message of this story of this man of God who was on a journey of faith was that as he trusted God, as he continued to step out in a journey and a life of faith and surrender and obedience, God was doing more, just exponentially more than he had grasped and realised. And it is my conviction that God gives us a glimpse here of what he wants to do in and through our lives. I I believe that God is looking to do incredible things through each and every one of us. That if our lives are surrendered, that we are called to the kingdom for such a time as this. That God wants to use our lives and and through us to do things. But the impact of what He wants to do is beyond our comprehension. But He wants to draw us out to see something of the magnitude of how He works. You see, my friends, we we don't see like God sees, right? We don't don't see as He sees. Isaiah 55, He says, "My, My ways are higher than your ways my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and he sees us as we don't see ourselves he sees our potential not our current reality he he calls a Simon and he calls him Peter and he speaks and and draws a rock out of someone who is not a rock he sees the potential in in Simon and he speaks a Peter which means rock out of him He sees a Saul and he calls him Paul. He doesn't see a murderer. He sees an apostle. He calls the things that are not as though they were our God. He sees generationally. He is a multi-generational God. The Bible says he has prepared good works in advance for us to do. But here's the message today that the good works prepared in advance for us to do, he will work through them and through them he will work in other ways and he will multiply seed for the, for the coming of his kingdom and for his glory if we will open our hearts to him and trust him. In June, I, I met a pastor from New Zealand called Takbana that some of you may have seen on TBN, he's been... Uh, Our program, Running With Fire, has been on. Pastor Tack leads a church called Church Unlimited based in Auckland, New Zealand. They've got seven campuses or so and thousands of people being impacted. And they were coming into the UK and into the Midlands. And they'd heard about this church and reached out to us, said, can we come to Coventry and meet you? And we met and we found an incredible synergy of values. He's a man passionate about mobilizing the church to pray. They're passionate about church unity. They're, they're passionate about seeing the kingdom of God come. But when we first met, I gave him a little bit of my backstory because we, we hadn't met before. And some of you will know that, uh, that we served a man of God called David Shearman for many years in Nottingham. And as I was telling him my story and I mentioned David, he said, oh my goodness. He said, David Shearman, he said, he, he changed my life. He said in 30 years ago in Auckland, New Zealand, he picked me out of a crowd and he he prophesied a word over me. And he said I'd love to see him again and then last week they were they were over for their conference in the UK which is going to be based here next September. And he invited us over to, to a leader's meeting on Friday. And he said to me, I'd love to meet David again. And so I phoned David up. I said, look, will you come with me? And he came down and we went across together. But here's the thing that 30 years ago, David had a, the, the challenge of a, a prophetic word into a, a gathering of people. And he picked out a young man. And in that moment, he's, he's caught in the challenge of bringing a word that might fall to the ground or might be right, but stepped out in faith. But he had no idea the impact that that word would have. And so here, 30 years later, thousands of lives being impacted. But you see, when David didn't see that, God saw that. God saw every life that is presently impacted. But not only that, he sees every life that is impacted by every life see, God is a multi-generational God. And when he, he provokes us to step out in faith in a multitude of ways in order to see his kingdom come, he doesn't just see the moment. He sees the impact of the moment cascading down the generations. And so we find there is a perspective of, of what God will do in us and through us if we just trust him. We just have to align ourselves to his big picture and trust that God is at work and I believe here in our story God allows Abraham to take a glimpse through the window as it were through which he sees he says come out of your tent look up see the stars if you can count them because I'm going to do more than you have yet conceived immeasurably more and this is the challenge of a life of faith See, three chapters earlier, when Abraham had first entered the land of Canaan, God had spoken to him. And he said to him, to your offspring, I will give this land. Implicit in that word is the promise of a child. To your offspring. Now, he didn't have any offspring, but he says, to your offspring, I will give this land. Implicit in that word is the promise of a son or a daughter. But in this moment in our story, Abraham still doesn't have a child and he's struggling to believe for a son and effectively God comes and he affirms the word that he's implied expressly and says this this man will not be your heir but a son who is of your own flesh and blood will be your heir but then he shows him something and he says to him but I've got to be honest Abraham I don't see a son I see a nation Or actually, I don't even see a nation, I see the nations. As we'll see in a bit, God is working through Abraham, the father of faith, the father of us all, that every tribe and nation will come down through Abraham. He says, you see a son, but I see the nations. And for us, often we are caught in the limitation of today's challenges. We simply see with one dimension. Sometimes we, we're struggling to believe for today's provision or answer or resolution. And our limited vision, our small thinking, our unbelief at times can cause us to wrestle with surrender. When meanwhile God is seeing how he will work things through the generations if only we will obey him. And here in this story, he's getting Abraham onto his page. I believe God wants to get us onto his page to see when we trust him, when we obey him. He is working to purpose way beyond anything we could possibly calculate. Lives that impact lives. This is how God works. That we wouldn't stay within the limitation of natural thinking, but dare to dream with the eyes of faith. To know we are called to a life of faith and obedience that will unlock his exponential harvest, I remember many years ago we were we were part of a project uh, which it's one of the worst named projects i 've ever been part of. It was called one plus one plus one. We should have just called it three right um, so I, I, and, but the idea was that every person would have somebody that they were praying for to become a Christian. And then I think two other people were going to stand and pray for that person. So you, you were going to pray for your one and someone else's one and someone else's one. And it did actually, we had this thing where it says one plus one plus one equals a thousand. Because God does so much more and it's working another way. And I remember that time we were, we were working with university students and one of our friends who was a student called Kate, she felt the Lord put on her heart to pray for a guy called Howard and Howard was her one plus one plus one guy. And I remember her, her praying for this guy and, and some others joined and prayed for this guy. And this guy ended up coming to church, ended up giving his life to Jesus got gloriously saved, got transformed, started running hard after God. I remember he, he gave a voluntary year and, and worked with me. I became a mentor and a friend to him in that season. And he, he'd done law and he went on, he trained as a barrister, he worked as a barrister. And then he went into church work. And, and, and a couple of years ago, he became the senior pastor of Westminster Chapel in London. That that right now, our friend Howard, who is in an incredibly influential place, you don't need me to, to tell you right now what is happening in Westminster. And right in the heart there is one of our friends. But all those years ago, Kate would never have known. How could she possibly have seen but God saw? And God saw the lives that are being touched now, but he doesn't even see that. He sees the lives that will be touched by the lives that are touched and the lives they will touch. And, and Kay responds to a prompting from the Holy Spirit to pray for this guy. She steps out in faith, but all she can see is this one thing, but God sees a multitude of things. And that we would lift up our, our gaze today and know that when we trust him, he is working beyond what we can possibly conceive. I believe as God calls Abraham forward, he does three things that I think he needs to do in us too. Number one, he addresses his fear. He addresses his fear. Do you notice how the passage begins? It says the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision and he says, Do not be afraid. I am your shield and your very great reward. Why does he tell Abraham not to be afraid? Well, probably because he is afraid. He's probably afraid as a stranger in a foreign land. He, he maybe is afraid that he's got no heir. Maybe he's afraid what's happened to Sarah. Maybe God knows that if he isn't afraid now, as he continues on the journey of faith, and, and God can see coming round the bend is Sodom and Gomorrah, is the sacrifice of Isaac, is the trouble with Ishmael. And, and God knows if he isn't afraid now, he's going to be afraid. You see, don't we all have a wrestle with fear sometime or another? sometimes fear will come and it'll kick your door down and you have to invite faith in something can happen and shock you and it's like a spirit of fear will try and come and have you we can wrestle with all sort of hang-ups some people have a fear of the dark or a fear of falling or a fear of spiders or a fear of falling on spiders in the dark you know listen this. One guy was, was nervous about public speaking, and he was waiting for his turn. And he said to his wife, oh, my, my palms are sweaty. And a little bit later, he said, oh, my, my throat's dry. And she said, why do you lick your palms? <laughs> Listen, I, I, but the truth is, we can wrestle with fear, can't we? The Lord can ask us to, to do things, to step out, and yet we can wrestle with the fear of the unknown. But what if? The Lord can ask us to do something and we can be overwhelmed with what if it doesn't work out? What if, what if the fear of the unknown, we can wrestle with the fear of man, what other people might think of us. We're, we're prompted to do something, but we hold back, lest we be rejected or appear stupid or something. And yet if we just step out, it's not just the thing, it's the thing that comes through, the thing that, that impacts the thing That for generations can do something. This is the power of kingdom seed. This is how God works. And he says to Abraham, come out of your tent. Oh, if you could just see what I see. And today that I could just stir us in those moments of prompting. That we might remember. It's not just the thing. It's that God is at work exponentially beyond anything we can see. We've just got to trust him and obey him. We don't need to know everything. Abraham wasn't shown everything. He just got a glimpse that God was on with something way beyond what he'd seen. Seriously, the, the journey of faith is, is rarely without fear. Faith is not the absence of fear, but more commonly the presence of a stronger trust in God. He says, don't be afraid, I, I'm, I'm your shield. And I, I, don't, I don't profess to fully understand what he means when he says, I'm your shield and your very great reward. But it occurs to me that a shield is something you hold. It's something you hold close to you. It's something that protects. There's a weightiness to a shield. Most of us, we've not wielded sword and shield, but we've seen and we get it. And he says, I'm your shield. And it, it occurs to me that to walk a, a life of faith to push through the challenge of fear, we have to hold him close. We have to hold on to God, don't we? It's when we take our eyes off him that, that fear can creep in, isn't it? Hello? But when we, when we see him, when we hold on to him, we, we know that he's close. He can be a shield to us. He can help us. It's like Peter walking on the water, it says, when he saw the wind and the waves, when, by implication, when he took his eyes off Jesus, he was terrified and he cried out, he began to sink. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus, he says, uh, I'm your shield, he says, I'm your very great reward. I think, I think he's saying, I'm, I'm all you need, I, I am enough, I am your all-sufficiency. I am everything you need. You see, I think we can so get distorted. We think we need so many other things in life. We need maybe influence or affluence, materialism, the certain things we go after. And, and part of the fear that can creep in is that we're afraid we're going to lose what we thought we needed. Or we can be afraid we're not going to get what we thought we should have. And actually, He's enough. He says, I, I am your very great reward. If you grasp it, you will not fear anything because you know I am enough. And as we've just been seeing, when we arrive at eternity's shore, ha, there is a day when all the stuff that we might be prone to chase after, none of it will come, but he will be there. That we might stay close and have a perspective as we, think about the context of daring to dream I'm reminded of the generation of leaders that went before us here in our early service pastor Bonner along with Mick and the elders of that era that 10 years or so ago took this massive step of faith to build this facility that was was way beyond the really the the realm of a next phase for the church at that time from a hall that, that may be crammed in at, a, at a, an absolute push, a couple of hundred people. And, and I've seen the, the leaflet that Pastor Bonner wrote. And it's beautiful because he says in it, he, he says, I can, I can imagine, I can see hundreds of people gathered to worship. He's casting vision for a new day of what God might do. And hello, it's come to pass. And he's, he saw something. They saw something. But I've also read his memoirs through that time. Pastor Bonner, I don't think he's in this service, he's, he's not a man of many words. And someone said, oh, I've got a copy of his memoirs and there's only a couple of pages. But there are moments, there are moments where the project almost came to the end when, when the money had run out partway through and there was a fear that they had to push through. They may be dared to believe for something, but, but the truth was God saw every one of us in this space right now. He was drawing them to a journey of faith to push past their fear because he saw you and he saw those that will yet come. Last Sunday night in the 6th, a young man made his way to the front and gave his life to Jesus. And I'm just thinking in those planning meetings where they're wrestling and saying, we need to stop the project because the money's run out. It's irresponsible. But they're saying, but we know God has spoken. We've got to push on. That God saw that moment from last Sunday night like the Holy Spirit saying come on guys because there's something more and with our challenge and journey of faith we can find there is fear sometimes in the last 12 months here we've seen 81 recorded first-time responses to the gospel of Jesus is not that incredible you know and there's there's more a lot more people have have put their hand up in service, but these are 81 people who've given us their details so we can help them on their journey. And God saw every one of them. And he sees everyone that is yet to come in the year ahead and the years ahead and what God's going to do and and what some of those lives who have got saved, what they're going to go and do because he sees it all. And I believe he would come and just draw us to say, lift up your eyes. The second thing that I believe he does with Abraham that he needs to do in us is he removes his limitation. The Bible says God took Abraham outside his tent. Abraham begins this interaction with a, a lament that he hasn't got a son of his own. That his, his servant will become his heir. He can only see with natural eyes at the moment. And sometimes we sing, you know, I, I walk by faith and not by sight. And yet most of us end up walking by sight. Hello? We, we, we see the circumstances of our everyday and we can be locked in. And this is exactly where Abraham was. To your offspring I will give this land. He says, I don't have any children. Uh, uh, he's, he's forgotten the promise. Because he's overwhelmed by the present circumstance. He is locked into the limitation of his present reality while God is seeing something so much bigger. And that can be true for us. We can look at the circumstance. Of course we have to look at the circumstance. The Bible says that Abraham faced the facts and believed God. He faced the facts that his body was as good as dead, but he believed God. We have to face the facts, but believe God. And he drew him out of the limitation of where he was. He, he spoke to him. Incredible. He draws him out. And he draws him out of his tent. Because I think as God comes and speaks and he, he renews promise and he says, there's one will come through your body. Your own flesh and blood will be a." It's not that guy. There's somebody that I can see. see, God can see Isaac. He, he sees him. And he says, it's not an issue. See, for Abraham, he's locked into his reality. And it's like God says, no, no, I I already know the guy. I saw him before the foundations of the earth. He's on his way. And yet he also, he brings him outside of of his tent. Because I think as as he speaks a word, Abraham could have caught hold of the word of God, that God was going to bring him a son. But actually God wanted him to see a little bit more than that. You see, as he's inside the walls of his tent, if you can call canvas walls, I think he can only, he only has room to conceive in his mind a family. And he might have enough faith to envisage that there is a son coming, but actually God says, I, well, I do see Isaac, but I don't just see Isaac. I see Isaac, but I also see Jacob. And I also, I, I see Jacob's 12 sons and I see the 12 tribes of Israel. And I see the tribe of Judah, and I see the house of Jesse, and I see David, and I see the line of David, and I see the son of David, and I see the word becoming flesh, and I see a cross, and I see an empty tomb, and I see the Holy Spirit poured out, and I see all of you, because Jesus came. This is what I I don't see Isaac, I see the nations. Hello? What am I saying? I'm saying we can be so limited when God wants to do so much more. Just that we would dare to dream that, that our obedience and our faith and our response to Him, it's not just about the immediacy. It's not about the sun; It's about what will come through the sun when we trust Him. God is always working in multiple ways. And sometimes we can function within the limitation that is around us. Beautiful story, someone that, I think he's in the room here this morning, but a, a few weeks ago in the 6th, Esther brought a word of knowledge about someone who, who had a deformity in their, in their hand. And, and that others wouldn't notice it, but they were conscious of it. And at that moment, no, nobody responded to the word, and we just thought, oh, you know, we've, maybe we've missed it. And then I noticed a, a guy, I was just happened to be out in the foyer, and I noticed a guy was just, a, was just on his way out, and I just intercepted, I said, Hi. And he said, how did she you know about my hand? And I said, oh, you're the guy. And, and, and I said, look, have you been before? He said, no, I, I, I Googled churches. I'm from Nuneaton and I just, I found you and so I've come. And he said, how did she you know? And at that point, this, this guy is on an incredible journey of coming to know the reality of Jesus. Doesn't know the reality of God. I said, look, can we pray for you? He said, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm like, they, they can't do anything. And I'm like, what do you mean they can't do anything? we going I said, no, we are gonna pray for you. And so I took him to the ground and I put my and I knelt on his chest. Not it really. And I was like, and let us pray for you. And and we prayed for him. The next week he came back, he said, Look, this is better than it's been in ten years. On a journey of finding Jesus. But sometimes we can be locked into the limitation of our experience at that point and God wants to break us out of that and show us more of who He is. Do something wonderful. Many of us live in the limitation of what has been spoken over us. We carry labels from the past. Things that maybe we were called or things we've said even over ourselves. And we've accepted lies as if they were truth. Some of you know the old story of Of the elephant, you see when elephants are little in an environment like a circus environment, they they will put a stake in the ground, a, a big stake for the little elephant and they'll tie rope around the elephant's foot and they'll tie it to the stake and the elephant will try and pull it and can't pull the stake out of the ground. And there's two things you need to know about elephants. Number one, they've got incredible memories. Number two, they're stupid. And so what happens is, is the elephant when it's little will try and pull the stake up and it can't. And it will grow and become big and ultimately mature and become full size. And get to the size where it could pull up that now little stake. But it knows that it can't. And it doesn't try anymore. And so they stake in the ground, these massive animals, but they don't even try to pull them up. And sometimes it's like that. that we be things spoken over our lives and it's time to pull them up. And they can limit us. They don't need to limit us. God... Said to Abraham, Come, step outside of your tent. Wants to show him something bigger. And I believe God will want to show us something bigger. The word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah. I've appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And he says, I, I don't know how to speak. I, I'm only a child. And God says, No, no, don't don't you say I am only. Don't say I'm only. I want to say to someone here today, don't don't say I am only. Don't say I am only. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God, made in the image and likeness of God. But he doesn't just remove Abraham's limitation. Thirdly, he he elevates his vision. He doesn't just bring Abraham outside the tent. He tells him to look up, look at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. So, God says, shall your offspring be? The encounter begins with Abraham having no faith for a son of his own. But then God speaks and spells out that a son is coming. But God doesn't do miracles in isolation. He doesn't think in single generations. So we see this incredible verse where it says, And Abraham believed God, and God credited it to him as righteousness. A verse that finds its way into the New Testament in the book of Romans, where Paul is explaining that, that Abraham was not deemed righteous in God's sight because of his good deeds, but because of his faith. Hello? Let me say that again, that, that Abraham isn't deemed righteous because of his good deeds, but because of his faith. He believed God, and God credited that. What, what's the that? What's the it? It's his faith. He credited it to him as righteousness. And Paul says, so it is. It is by faith in Jesus that we are made righteous. It is not through our good works, it's through faith that we become righteous through the death and resurrection of Jesus. not that we should live careless lives, but rather shape our lives in response to the message. But it's, it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And so in Romans 4, Paul says, And therefore Abraham is a father to us all. What is the relevance of this? The relevance of this is in this moment where he's saying, you will have a son, your own flesh and blood. But he says, look and see, because he doesn't just see a nation, he sees the nations. He sees all that are in Christ. Look and see what I am about to do. If only you could conceive. God sees the layers behind the miracle. What am I saying here today? I'm saying that, Abraham was on a journey of faith, trusting God, overcoming fear, removing limitation, a life of obedience and surrender. But God was working through him in ways that were beyond his wildest comprehension. That this week, when you've got to work, or God might prompt you to do something or say something. In your home or you might be in a season of wrestling with some change that you need to make. and You sense God drawing in a certain direction and there can be questions and fear. But I want you to know if God is leading you into something, it is not just in and of itself for that. It's because he has purpose behind that. We just have to dare to dream of what he might want to do and trust him. Recently a few church leaders we've been sensing for a few months Really, that God is drawing us to a new level of prayer strategy for the city. We passionately believe God wants to see the transformation of this city for his glory. Not that we would just gather in services, but but through mission, that God would see us genuinely impact the city, the beginning of genuine city transformation for the glory of Jesus. I believe God wants to do something in our day. It's so incredible that he is the only one that could get the credit. And we believe that as we, as we step out, we need to also pray and contend in the heavens, another level of prayer. And many of us, we felt God speaking to us about prayer walking. And next year, 2020, we're, we're going to see if we can mobilize the churches in the city and prayer walk every street in the city of Coventry. Not as an event, but as a strategy to see the heavens open and something move to another level on the ground. And we sense that God is at work in a powerful way, wants to reveal his glory in our midst. Seven years ago, we were called to come to Coventry, but at that moment, we didn't see any of that. We didn't see, all of you, what we saw was a house we needed to sell. What we saw was a house we needed to find. We saw a school we needed to find for our kids. Hello? What I'm saying is we we can see the immediate challenge of the life of faith, but God is working beyond it to do something and allow us to get caught up in his eternal plan. Last year, we, we launched really for the first time a, a proper student ministry through Student Connect. Started to see God move and started to dare to dream for God to do something incredible through university, in and through university students in our day. You know, I, I dare to believe that God wants to light a fire on our campuses. That God, God wants to move in halls of residence and departments and faculties. That God was, is bringing people from the four corners of the earth, even onto our street. Have you seen how God is bringing the nations to our doorstep? I'm not. I'm not against uh, overseas missions, but He's bringing the mission field to us. And we started to pray last week in a prayer, a week, uh, a week of prayer and fasting, that that God would. Would so impregnate all the rooms on our street, the halls, the, the halls and the student flats, that people would come from the different places of the earth and get into their room and find an urgency to find God and know truth. That God would stir and do something. I believe God wants to pour out his spirit in an incredible way. And yet, the truth is that. God doesn't just see a move among students and thousands coming to know him. He sees thousands of students returning to some of the nations they've come from and lighting fires in those places around the world. Taking a fire from this place and lighting a fire in another place. But he doesn't just see that. He sees the fires that will be lit from the fires that are lit. I hope you're getting the point today. And yet, last year, as we took a step of faith to increase our staff so that we could actually launch a student ministry, we didn't necessarily see all of that because we just saw what was in front of us, the challenge of faith. And so it is with us that we might find today we're challenged. And yet, my encouragement to us is that we might dare to believe that God is doing more. In four weeks' time here, it will be our Vision Sunday. Some of you have been on the journey with us for a few years, and you know what that means. Some of you have joined us in the last 12 months, and this will be new for you. It's exciting. It's also challenging. It's always challenging. What happened was, that when we'd, we'd moved into this building, we had a precarious financial season, and we were actually, we didn't have a mortgage on the building, and we could have lost the facility here, but God was gracious and watched over and helped us and came through for us. And we managed to secure a mortgage uh, a couple of years in. And then for a couple of years, we were repaying, the, making the repayments on the mortgage. But way too much of our income, our tithes and offerings were going on to the repayments of the mortgage. And it was hampering the advancement of the vision, the, the ministries and the mission of the house we said, we've got to do something. It's like, a, it's like a mountain. And we started to speak to this mountain of debt to be moved. But we also knew we, we had to address it practically. And by faith, we, we took an offering. We brought an offering. And many of you were a, were a part of that. If you were there on that first year, you'll never forget what God did. It was just incredible. We had no idea what would happen. But, but we knew we needed more than a few quid to make a difference. And we asked every person just to pray, just to ask God with an open heart, Lord, what do you want us to do, either in a special gift or in a a 12-month pledge? And to come and to make that, to have the faith to believe that God would do it. Remember that first year, God speaking to Esther and myself to to make a five-figure pledge above our tithes and other offerings. And it was a massive stretch. It was, it was beyond what we could do. And I've got to be honest, make a confession today. Every year, I've wanted to budget our faith pledge. I've wanted to see what we can afford and do that. And, and so far, God has not allowed us to do that. The truth was we had some money saved and, and that went in and we paid our budget back. But there was still an amount that we were pledging that I, we could not see how it would possibly be be able to be fulfilled. But God, in His grace, as we stepped out, fulfilled it. I remember the, the next year came around and He provoked us to pledge more than the first time, even though we didn't have anything as a starter. And again, He came through for us. And I've got to say, the last 12 months have been the most challenging for us out of the three years. But in a couple of weeks' time, by the grace of God, we will complete our pledge from the last 12 months. But then the challenge comes again. But here's the thing that, that, that in these moments, see for us as a family, and it's true for many of you, it's our journey, our immediate journey of faith that we are praying through and we're seeing God come through. And it's a challenge. The journey of faith is there for us. But you know, God doesn't see an offering. He sees a city. Yeah. Hello? You see, of course, He does see the offering. It's why He walks with us in it and He provides. And we see His provision. But it's not about that. It's about what it unlocks. You see, actually, if we hadn't made that move, we wouldn't have stepped into a student ministry. We wouldn't have seen Mission Accelerate in the last year. We wouldn't have got to a place where we needed an evening service. And the guy who walked down the front and gave his life to Jesus, he wouldn't have come down last week because there wouldn't have been a place to come down to. And God is doing more and will yet do more. And it's just the challenge of trusting him. I want to honor every person that has been on this incredible journey of faith with us. You see, really, he sees the souls that are impacted, and he's doing more than he has yet revealed. We've just got to keep listening. We've just got to keep surrendering. We've just got to keep obeying him. I don't know what it might mean for you in your life, in your world, what God is leading you into drawing you into provoking you about to obey him and trust him but let me tell you this whatever he's drawing you into there is so much more beyond and behind that that you haven't yet seen because this is how God works hello are you hearing me today on Thursday night as we came to the end of our of our time of of prayer and fasting we had an incredible gathering the sense of the presence of God was profound Many of us on our knees, pretty much the whole room on our knees, a sense of holy ground and a burden of intercession came upon many of us. We felt an ability to to repent on behalf of the nation that, certainly in my time here, we we haven't entered into. It's like the Lord teaching us how to pray. See, our nation is in a mess, we're sick. He says, if you humble yourselves and pray. I believe God wants to come and heal our land. And he started to speak to us uh, about revealing his glory. My friends, I believe God wants to reveal his glory. A day is coming. A day is coming when he will unveil his glory at another level. Friends, we've just got to keep trusting him. We've just got to keep obeying him. So keep making room for him. And as many of us wept on Thursday night, it was as if God just just drew the curtain back for a moment and showed us a window of what He might want to do in and through this house as we work in partnership with others, do something for His glory. We've just got to keep trusting. As we do, we'll find ourselves caught up in his divine purpose. His eternal plan. We may never see until we see him face to face everything he's going to do in and through us. But he calls us to be caught up in his divine purpose and plan. And I want to invite us to pray in these moments. If you know something of the, the saving grace of Jesus invite you where you are to pray oh God how we love you and how we need you how we long for you how our city needs you and how our nation needs you Lord as a nation we've turned our back on you and pray, Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. I pray, would you help us to be a people of faith? Help us to, to glimpse the degree to which we need to that when you ask us to do something, when you provoke us, when you challenge us, it's not just about the thing, but it's about what that will unlock and what that will unlock and what that will unlock and I pray help us to see with the eyes of faith help us to see today the multitude help us to to glimpse God that you are working to the generations Lord deliver us from limited thinking and small mindedness that centers only on ourselves and our own household to step into your faith dimension that unlocks multiplication now I wonder as we come to a close in this message, if there are some of you, you're, you may be journeying through a, a season of faith right now where God is challenging you to step out in some way. Maybe to do something or, or leave something or stay in something or give something. And you know you're right now in the, in the call and the challenge, the incubation of God pressing you into something and I'd love to pray for you in this moment if that's you just quickly because time is gone stand to your feet and let me pray with you if you're in a season of faith right now wrestling with the call of God or, or something and I encourage you to, to hear him say to you firstly do not be afraid do not Be afraid, I am your shield and your very great reward. And may you know that as you trust Him, and those that are trying to hear His voice clearly in this time, He will lead you, just hold on to Him. But as you trust Him and do what He asks you to do, it's not about what you are about to step into. It's about so much more than that. Just trust Him that you don't need to see everything, but you need to know it's never a moment in isolation. It's Him bringing you into His divine plan because He has seen so much more behind it. And I pray for my brothers and my sisters, and I pray, God, You would encourage their faith here today that they might know, God, that the plans that You have for them plans to prosper and not to harm them, plans to give them a hope and a future. And as they step into obedience and response, whatever it might look like, they would in the days to come see something of your divine purpose. We pray would you help us for the honour of your name.